0: Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. You have many things that are personal, and those articles have varying degrees of significance, focus, and influence us more than we care to admit. For some it could be your home, others investments, while others their job or title, and these days, those electronic devices. But there seems to be one thing that's perched at the top of the pile, and that's your name because the plain old truth, that's who and whose you are, right? Those with easy names to pronounce and spell have no need to correct anyone. While others, it could be a painstaking ordeal. Why is that? Yes, you want to make certain of the delivery amounts handled properly and getting your perks. And of course, you got to have that social media fix. But your name? Why? Because it's you. You got your tanks. Let's dive in. This segment is titled, Discipleship the Way of Life, Name. In certain parts of the world, one's name can tell a lot about a person before they even speak. Names can be as little as two letters, where most consist of several. Some even have multiple letters in the same name. Names could have symbols, which also identify people, and people in prison go by a number, yet somewhere in the record is their name. Names given could describe one's occupation, or it could be the son of. And names come from color of one's hair. Names could be a month, a flower, or time a time of year. Names could also have various other meanings and so on. Now that I have you focused on names, think of your own name. What does your name mean to you? Some people don't like their known names because where they're from or who gave it to them or what they represent or what happened to them and the association of it brings unpleasant or unwanted thoughts. So they discard it and select a new one. When married, some change their name and some don't. But regardless of what your name may be, it doesn't change who you are under the skin. You ever notice though, sometimes nicknames, they aren't even related to one's name at all. Why is that? And isn't it interesting that some nicknames stick so well, they go by it the rest of their life. And then are some who use nicknames or pet names, and some people never really know what their real name ever was. Because of the personal or the affection associated to it, the name was given by someone that loved them. They liked it so much, they even use it. I remember back in college, I had given my spouse a pet name, and she liked it because when I said it, it made her smile. You ever give anyone a pet name? I knew she liked hers because... If she had left a note, she signed it in with that pet name. Well, one day, a fellow frat brother who was infatuated with her said her pet name as she passed by, and I was in earshot of that. And man, did that get my blood boiling, and I let him know immediately he had no access to that name. Now, on the other hand, just recently, we were visiting with some fellow disciples who God had brought into our lives, and I had discovered a name That was apparently his legal name, but he goes by another name and that was a name that I was introduced to him by. So that was the only name I knew. Well, I happened to notice this name and it must be on his legal documents and legal name. Now, once I found out, I thought, hmm, I'm going to be different than everyone else and I'm going to start calling him that name. Well, we arrived and walked in, and as soon as I walked in, I said the name, and that instant, his spouse heard that name, and she immediately let me know that name belongs in the dung pile. And my intent, although innocent, I understood straight away that name not welcomed here. So I understood, based on her expression and tone, I'll be like everyone else and use the name he was introduced to me as. Because I love them dearly and I want to be free of any negative association and I believe they want the same for me. Have you ever experienced anything like that? Now, can we agree names are an important aspect of your life because it's you? Because names only exist on the surface of something. You know, like a desk or a door sign, name tag, government log, uniforms, mail, licenses, or passports. But although they're all different, and some even can be the same, but being the same... There's no relation at all, and depending on the event, circumstance, or act, especially if that name has anything or any association to anything cynical, corrupt, or evil, usually in a millisecond, when that association is communicated, the response is, no, that is not me. Because the response needs to make it very clear. People work very hard for the reputation of their name, and it needs to be kept in the correct association. Yes or no, because anything other than good may bring some unkind thoughts, comments, or ill treatment that one truly does not deserve nor desire. Now, I will testify, there are many who have unique or different stories that are associated to their last names, and we've only been talking about first ones. Where was your mind, and what did God bring to your hippocampus within your temporal lobe? Now, tell me how this would make you feel... If this was really you, your work was recognized beyond your own expectation, and you were going to be awarded the prestigious Nobel. And when you were being introduced before the world, the first thing that happened, they mispronounced your name. And not just by a little, they really butchered it up. How would that make you feel? Anybody out there relate to this who's got their name butchered up so bad they know they didn't even think it was you and you understand it was not intentional but they did and that's a fact. Well, as you arrive at the podium and they're handling you hand, excuse me, they're handing you this coveted greatly deserved reward and cameras are flashing and everything's happening and you happen to glance down at the nameplate and they not only mispronounced it They misspelled it as well. What do you do? Would that matter to you? Or would you just say, oh, okay, that's fine. Well, the other day I was speaking with a brother and and we were talking about this topic. And when we discussed it, he said when someone would mispronounce his name, he would laugh and then immediately correct them or sometimes just look at them with raised eyebrows because maybe his look would cause them to recognize something is wrong and use the opportunity to correct them so they would say it correctly. You ever experienced that? I mean, what do you do since your name is so important to you, isn't it? And out of respect for you, they should at least know you well enough to pronounce it correctly, right? So, why names? Why is it important to your name to be a part of, work out your salvation. But wouldn't that depend on what name that was? The short answer? Because the name you've been given or assumed isn't the name that you have that makes you alive. Remember what God said in Revelation 3.1 in the God cast title, Dead or Alive? The simple truth? There are many that believe that just because they're born into a certain family name or they assume a name that they are alive. And you must always bear in mind the work of God being carried out in and through his creation that makes one alive, amen? And isn't it just because you've been conceived in or out of love? It's truly God that makes you alive for his will and work to be carried out in and through your life as their disciple as you go and make disciples, as Jesus commands in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, titled The Great Commission. Because the plain old truth it doesn't matter how many trinkets, gems, knickknacks, or ornaments you attach or hang off your earthly name. These earthly names all end up in the same place. You know, there are places on this planet. There are long highways and busy roads and some railroad tracks and just other roads where someone lost their life. And there's a marker of some sort and that has their name on it and sometimes even a picture because they want others to know that life, as they knew it, ended there. And it's always a sad moment to know that grief and loss marks that spot. Well, the same holds true at cemeteries. There are gravestones, or just markers for some, that are different size and shape and color, and it marks the final resting place with a name. And it confirms one did exist on this planet and this spot is the end of their journey. So what happens right after that? Because it seems many have so much focus on the here and now, and though this life is all there is, but you must believe as a disciple of Jesus there is so much more beyond this physical realm. You must believe that truth, and you must live as though you believe it. And the reason why your name ends on this planet is because it began here. And what's here is only for here. Why would God want you to have something for all eternity that was created in a fallen world? Listen to this truth of God in Revelation two seventeen. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, to him I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone, and a new name written on the stone, which no one knows but he who receives it. The simple truth, since you left that name behind on a headstone, you'll need a new one when you arrive at the narrow gate to spend eternity with God. So God, who has now established you, as not guilty of your sin and deserving of His divine wrath because you abide in Jesus and His Spirit abides in you. Remember Colossians 2, 6 and 7, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. And Ephesians 1.13, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. That's what the white stone represents. And your new name given to you by God is your adopted name because God has chosen you. And the white stone is the evidence of God the Father's adoption of you. Listen to this promise of God in Ephesians 1.4. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that would be the holy and blameless before him. And because God the Father has, you now have the name God desires for you to possess. That's your name, and I truly believe there's just one, yours, and everyone else has theirs. And this process of adoption is no different than any child that underwent a legal adoption process in their life, when their name is no longer what it was. It's now this new name, and with all the new beginnings that come with this new life produced through adoption. Amen? And an amazing truth. You will be the only one who knows the terms and conditions of God's adoption of you and does confirm the eternal provision that you are one with God and will worship, praise, serve Him out of love forever. What a wonderful mindset to hold on to. And when you are in those challenging events, circumstances, tribulations, and trials of life, just remember... He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, as Ephesians 1.5 testifies. Now cogitate on this. When you are called by God the Father out of the darkness and transferred into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in Colossians 1.13 testifies, do you think God calls you with the name you were given at birth, or the name you have at the foundation of the world? Now I'll ask you, what name should be most important to you? The one you have today or the new one for eternity? And the reason I ask is because you are to be purposeful in living out your calling as a disciple of Jesus with a great commission mission mindset, staying on task and not allowing the enemy to distract you from your duties, because no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlists him as a soldier as 2 Timothy 2.4 testifies. So, as we descend into the ne- this next segment of the Godcast, I'll ask for your forgiveness, but I think you'll get the point of what this Godcast is really about. So when I butcher it, you may at least know what I am talking about, and I know it's, and I want you to know, it's my sincerest attempt, but I pray God the Holy Spirit will take what I say and deliver it to your heart, like he did those in attendance in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. And God, the Holy Spirit, will do the same today and the work he accomplished in Acts 2. Amen. So let's talk about Yeshua, Jesus, Jesus, Yahshua, Yesu, Isus, Zuzu, Isus, Asus, Piesos, Ietsu, Yeshu. I pray I made you smile because my pronunciation is confirmed afar far from a professional linguist. But, I know you know what I've said. Amen? So, some say you need to say Jesus' name this way, and you shouldn't be saying it that way because you are... I am what? I am saying it like I learned it. Because the plain old truth, God has made it perfectly clear in Revelation 19.6. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You should be living as this truth is the truth and should not be trying to be King and Lord over those God placed in your life by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But again, if you're not, then that must be the way God has made you to live. Hmm. Cogitate on this. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written on him which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God, as Revelation nineteen twelve and 13 testifies. Now wait a minute. He has a name that no one knows except himself, and you say, I need to shh. So let's dive into Philippians two ten and 11. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. You should have dialogue with other disciples in your life about this truth. And don't you ever think that anyone would be so evil that they won't bow the knee. Because God says every. And when God says every, he means every knee. Do you believe him? And if you don't, you should be very concerned about what your eternal future would be. Believe that. Because the plain old truth, it will not matter your dialect or how you pronounce the son of God, the son of man, the Lord and teacher, the great I am, the way, the truth and the life, the good shepherd, the gate, the bridegroom, the light of the world and the Vine. Every created being, no matter where you are, every single person that entered from the womb into this world, it will not matter your color, creed, language, belief, statue, age, proximity, or if you're alive or dead. Everyone, because it will not be your human skin-covered existence. It will be your essence, your soul, and your spirit that will be humbled to Jesus' divine authority. That's what God is testifying about to today. Listen to this truth of God that confirms Philippians 2:10 and 11. It's 1 Corinthians 15:27, For he has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when he says all things are put in subjection, it is evident that he is exempted who put all things in subjection to him. And Hebrews 2, 8. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in subjecting all things to him... He left nothing that is not subject to him. But now we do not yet see all things subjected to him. Now, you know the simple truth of those two powerful passages of God. Both passages have in common all things, subjection, feet, and him. And we know when God says all things, he means all things. And next week we're going to be diving into all things and it'll be the target of our dive because all things addresses all things pertaining to God's sovereignty. But continuing on, God is sovereign. So where his truth, his word, where he will be worshipped is being carried out according to his will. And when anyone tries to impose their will as their work for God, the simple truth, God doesn't need your help, you need his. Who are we? that we are deceived to believe we must impose our will on humanity, no matter what the will is. Remember Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane? Yet, not as I will, but as you will. So, how are you imitating Jesus' model of submission to God the Father's will? Oh, wait a minute. You must have taken your eyes off Jesus. Or... God has moved your eyes off Jesus. Please testify, what in the world are you gazing at? Because whatever way, by whatever means, through whomever God ordains his truth to reach the whole world, and how God the Holy Spirit brings God's light, God's word by his power to you in a way that you can understand, wherever you reside... And his work and will have been faithfully carried out in and through their disciples who speak Hebrew, English, Chinese, Spanish, Arabic, German, Russian, French, Greek, and any other language on this planet for that matter. Because if it's God's desire for all people groups to speak one language, we would. That's the plain old truth. Have you not read Genesis 11 when the whole world used the same languages and the same words? Therefore, you may not say God's name the same as your neighbor or someone on the other side of the world, for that matter, but that does not change who the only true God is of the Bible, nor his divine nature, nor his sovereignty, or truths, commands, warnings, statute, ordinances, or promises. Because in Jesus, which, by the way, all of his disciples are created to reside, are in unity not only with each other as disciples of way of life, We're in unity with the only true God in the Bible. Listen to this truth in Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And 1 Corinthians 12.13. For by one spirit we are all baptized in one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we are all made to drink of one spirit. And Ephesians 4, 2 through 6, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in a bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, Just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So the plain old truth, God has created, instituted, and continues to prove what the truth was, is, and forever will be. Now, if you believe something other than what God says, then the plain old truth, that must be God's work as well. And it's him causing you to live as you do. And so it is. Acts 4.12 testifies, And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men which we must be saved. The simple truth? Salvation can never be found in oneself. You may be able to wreck, ransack, and damage yourself by allowing your sin nature to influence and control your life but you will under no circumstance nor do you possess any power to save yourself from god's divine wrath that's the truth and there are many that proclaim they possess the authority and power to save yet based on god is testifying salvation only comes to you through the son of god the son of man the lord and teacher the great i am the way the truth and the life the good shepherd the gate the bridegroom, the light of the world, the vine, king of kings and lord of lords, and the word of God. That's the plain old truth. And there will be times in this journey toward the narrow gate when your circumstance, event, or trial may create in you a state of emotional or spiritual fatigue, or those who have been dashing and darting and spiritually you feel exhausted, and others who feel their spirit is being hammered into the pavement with nowhere else to turn. Listen to this promise in God. Proverbs 18.10 The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is safe. You're righteous because you're righteous only in Him. And in Him, when you feel spiritually that you're crawling, you must understand it's God who's making you crawl to make you get up and run to Yeshua, Yashu. Yesu, Izus, Asus, Piesos, Ietsu. His richness, run to his protection, run to his strength. Because in his name, whatever it may be that you perceive is pursuing you, he's unconquerable where you are powerless. He's invincible when you're unstable. He's the rock when you are standing in sand. And when his name is brought forth in your heart and his name fills your mind, whether you whisper Jesus or scream his name at the top of your lungs, it's by his power and his spirit you will receive comfort, rest, protection, well-being, and care in your spirit when the name of Jesus enters. Amen? And when you have nowhere else to turn, I mean nowhere else, and feel spiritually overwhelmed, exhausted, or fatigued, Jesus commands in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. He doesn't tell you to go anywhere. He tells you come to me. You remember that Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, because the plain old truth, he is God. And John 1, 1, John 10, 30 and John 10, all confirm God's truth about himself. So God says, come to me. But you decide to go where? Why would you go to the sprig when you can go to the root? Why go to the creation when you have access to the creator? Remember Hebrews 4.16? Therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I mean, after all, I know there are good Christian counselors out there. I do know that. But aren't you hoping their advice is from God the Holy Spirit? Why talk to the contractor when the contractor is following what the architect and builder of all things is saying? He won't send you anywhere because he himself has promised and he says I will. But you must have faith in him that not only can he, but he will. Do you believe him? However you must be willing to listen, respond, and do what he says, because he's your God if you're his disciple. And listen to this advice of God, and by the way, it's a command. It's Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my. He doesn't say consider my, mull over my, deliberate on my. No, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Please understand, the God of the universe will teach since you require learning. God will reveal to you the how and what as his disciple. God provides insight, knowledge, and a deeper understanding as to how destructive the burden, guilt, and power sin has over you. The weight, the toil, and exertion of attempting to maintain a self-righteousness That just confirms your need for spiritual rest in him. And God has placed their disciples in your life that have testified of his mighty work in their life as they are living out their calling to go and make disciples in the place where you are walking, standing or sitting. Are you listening to them? I pray God will continue to provide a way and a means for you to continue to bring forth the gospel where he's leading your beautiful feet to tread today. And as you press on in faith to the only true God's calling on your life, you trust that God and his faithfulness will empower you to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus who is the Son of God, the Son of Man, Lord and Teacher, the Great I Am. The way, the truth, and the life, the good shepherd, the gate, the bridegroom, the light of the world, the king and kings and lord of lords, the vine, the word of God, and author and protector, perfecter excuse me, of our faith. Amen? And you, with the spirit of God's equipping, you will be able to entrust yourself to God who you know by the work you have seen with your own eyes. God's will, God's spirit, God's work, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature that have been clearly seen and God has enabled you to understand through what has been made that's being carried out in, through, and around your life. As we head back up, take this with you. You may say Jesus' name differently than someone else. But your pronunciation will never change who God is because he's God. Your name may give you something, fulfill something, or give access to something, somewhere, or somebody. But remember, your name is only for here. There is only one name that you can be saved by, and it's Yeshua, Jesus, Jesus, Yasu, Yashua, Isus, Yesu, Izu, Esus, Piesos, Yetsu, Jesu. And whatever way you pronounce it, it's because that's where God has placed you to proclaim it. Listen to Colossians 1 28 and 29. We proclaim Him admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. Revelation 3.12 says, He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will not go out from it any more. And I will write on him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and my new name. There you have it, N-G-A, no gray area. For the name you have here, it's temporal. Your name is on this planet. and But there's an eternal name, and that name will have the name of God, the city, and Jesus' new name. So, whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. That's Colossians 3.17. Let me pray for you. Abba, we love you and we thank you for today. This is a day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Abba, our names do give us a portion of an identity. And this identity is only found on this planet. But for us to have the identity and to know that we are a child of the only true God, a disciple, a saint, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, to be able to bring forth this wonderful truth of who you are, empower where empowerment is needed. Bring forth your truth to places where it's not expected to be. And as we watch the will and work being carried out, not my will, but yours be done. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with D.L. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases. For His compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great day of worship and keep walking the way.